0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator.
2: And we are live.
1: (laughs) How is everyone doing? Look, that was an absolutely disgusting result. The end of this Giants Commander's tie. A tie, Chris, a 20 to 20 tie for the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. And there are a lot of directions we can go in right now. I think the Giants had this game locked up, Chris, if it wasn't for that Penalty by John Feliciano, flexing his muscles right in front of a bunch of Washington defenders like a dope when the Giants were in field goal range to knock them out of field goal range. Eventually, it goes to overtime. There's a back and forth, and the Giants and commanders end up in a freaking tie. It's disgusting. Chris, how are you feeling, bro?
2: Uh pretty much the same i think i I don't think this game could have ended any differently just (laughs) yeah based on who these two teams are based on the flow of the game over the course of the afternoon i mean both of these teams had this game locked up at points Yeah, washington jumps out to that 10 nothing lead after you know daniel jones has the fumble and then they just Uh, basically sprint down the field the Giants looked flat as hell on those first four you know those first four drives and then all of a sudden you get Darius Slayton with that big catch and the Giants come roaring back take the lead go on a 20 to 3 run and then stop (laughs) and then Washington sprints down the field scores looks like they're going to retake the momentum come back with the the win in the fourth quarter and then they just fall flat on their face and start shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and mistakes and you know really there's no other way this team this game could have finished I think (laughs)
1: Unfortunately, and there was there were times throughout this game too, Chris, where the defense, which you know the secondary has issues, I felt like Taylor Heineke and their offense just were circling. Zion Gilbert and saying we're going to attack this kid and unfortunately the kid did not really rise to the occasion in a lot of different situations but there were times when the defense actually did and they forced punts in really key pivotal spots and you're like okay all the Giants have to do is drive down the football field get a field goal, get some points on the board but then they could never really manage to do that all that often in this game and it just wasn't really complimentary football going on and that was one of the big issues here.
2: No, th- this game really was a mirror match. These are, this was the same team on both sides. You know, the Giants, they want to run the ball. They don't have much else if the running game isn't working. And they want to play absolutely suffocating defense. They want to you know, disrupt in the backfield. They want to get pressure and really just win that kind of old school way. It's it definitely a new school flavor, but an old school mentality. And Washington is exactly the same way. You know, I think they're maybe a little bit more willing with Taylor Heineke and Terry McClure and Curtis Samuel, those guys, to attack downfield than the Giants are. But it all comes off of the running game and that, that defensive front of theirs, getting pressure, being stout at the point of attack. And both of these teams have a very narrow path to victory in any game they play. And unfortunately, the Giants just kind of went outside of that path. Of course, fortunately, I suppose. I mean, this is really a a glass half-empty, glass half-full type game, I suppose. Washington went way outside of their path to victory as well.
1: It's just crazy, man. The Giants had an opportunity to win this football game. And on that third and two, there was just a huge miscommunication, probably by Richie James, because this offense didn't do anything new, really too much new or novel. It was still a lot of those play action, play action boot, get Daniel Jones on the move, slide someone underneath him, those types of plays. And I felt like Washington did a good job sniffing that out. But on that pivotal, what was it, a third and two play towards the end of the game where the Giants just needed two yards to to advance football and... To, eventually possibly maybe win this football game, Richie James and Saquon Barkley run into each other on what looked like a zone read RPO, something Mike Kafka calls so often. And it's just like, you can't have those types of mistakes in, we got ESPN interrupting us. You just can't have those types of mistakes in those types of situations. And this game started with a huge mistake too, with the Daniel Jones fumble, but the giants were able to be resilient and battle back from that. But those mistakes and just little mental errors and undisciplined type of play, like the John Feliciano penalty lead to you not winning this football game. Essentially, that's essentially what happened.
2: Yeah. And really, neither one of these teams w- were particularly disciplined. I thought the Giants had the advantage there early on, You know, especially after the that first touchdown that got Washington up to the 10 nothing lead. You know, the Giants really buckled down. They got they, they found the energy that they had played with earlier in the season, and they found the discipline they had played with earlier in the season, but I they lost their composure as the pressure ratcheted it up. It, it almost felt like the game tried to snowball on both teams at the same time.
1: <laughs> it did. And that's why nobody deserved the win. Essentially. That's what it came down to. But,
2: and, and I think that's kind of the way I feel about this game. Neither one of these teams really earned the right to win this game.
1: We have a comment here from, what was it mega giants 89 honestly i think a tide benefits new york more than washington well Washington at least isn't getting that win now to jump over the New York Giants and they have a date in two weeks. I think it's like, I think I've said this on the podcast before, Chris, it's a little unfortunate that Washington gets the game plan for the New York Giants three weeks in a row playing this game, going on a bye, and then playing the Giants again in Washington. So this was the game to win. There were plenty of opportunities for the New York Giants to win, despite the fact that they weren't playing the smartest football and they just couldn't get it done. And that's a, that's a huge disappointment.
2: Yeah, Washington really did, especially in the second quarter and into the third quarter, do everything they could to help the Giants win. And the, the Giants, for once, just did not take advantage of those opportunities. Now, I have to say, credit to both defenses. Both defenses front defensive fronts stepped up. That, I think, is kind of the story of this game. And if we want to hand out a game ball, we have to. We have to give it to Kayvon Thibodeau. He was an absolute menace this game. Like he has really turned it on over the last couple of weeks. Like you can see, not only is has he gotten the quickness back that he had at Oregon, now I think he's really put that calf injury and uh, an MCL injury behind him. But I think the game is also slowing down for him as well. I mean, it it also helps when your left tackle doesn't block you at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not trying to take anything away from Kayvon Thibodeau, but some of those really high energy type of reps that he didn't have to defeat any blockers. I think Dexter Lawrence could deserve a game ball. He was splitting double teams and just giving the interior offensive line of Washington a ton to have to work with. And we're getting questions here. Blue wave asked, why does it seem like the offense can move or can't move, I think is what he's meaning to say in key situations. If If the defenses are loading up to stop the run, I would have thought we would throw more to take advantage and counteract that stance. Yeah, me too, Blue Wave. But there are times in this game where the Giants would run the football on first down, and then they would try to come out and pass. And what happened? Mark Lewinsky just gets absolutely dominated by Jonathan Allen or Deron Payne, leads to a sack, or leads to a pressure. This interior offensive line is a big issue for the Giants, I, and I know we talked a lot about how it was upgraded significantly during the off season, and I still think it was. But Lewinsky's really bad at pass protection. You need to really start thinking about maybe replacing. When I know he had a huge block on one of those key runs in the first half, but if you just allow a defender to run through one of your shoulders right into the pocket to harass Daniel Jones, hit Daniel Jones, sack Daniel Jones, like if you have other options, like if Josh Azuda comes back healthy, when Bed Bredesen is already up up to speed to play. I think you really need to start looking into replacing Gawinski.
2: I, I agree. I, even if the replacement doesn't happen this year, the Giants are definitely going to have to look at the interior offensive line in, in the draft or in free agency, yeah, depending on what strategy they decide to take, because that that is a problem, especially given the defensive fronts in this division as a whole, because you know, Dallas has a great defensive front, which we saw last week. The Washington has John Allen, Duran Payne, Montez sweat is very good. They're going to be getting chase young back, which something the giants can look forward to in two weeks. It's really difficult to. Find a, a place to get a double team in the NFC East right now, because the giants, as far as the other offensive lines are concerned, have a very good defensive front. It, it it really is something that the Giants have to address going forward. I'm just not sure if there is a marked upgrade there on the roster right now.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in
1: Sasha Graves asks, is Gates the only keeper on the interior part of the offensive line. When Josh Azudu is healthy, Azudu is definitely a keeper. As for John Feliciano and Mark Lewinsky, Lewinsky's here under contract still for a couple more seasons, which is something that the Giants... I mean, I think he'd be a fine rotational player. He could possibly start, but these pass protection issues have been horrendous for Lewinsky. And as for Feliciano, this is his only year on contract. I don't really think the Giants are going to bring him back. If they do, it's going to be like a vet minimum type of contract. So, yes, I think... Gates is definitely a keeper. He had a couple bad reps. He always struggles, Chris, just going back through the years of Nick Gates. He always struggled against Deron Payne and yes. Jonathan Allen. Like Those two specifically have always given Nick Gates problems.
2: Yes, and we've talked a lot about the progress that Dexter Lawrence has made this year. You in, Improving his technique and really unleashing his explosiveness, his athleticism, his power. Deron Payne has made similar strides, which is not great news for that Giants offensive line. You know, he Worked on building his agility in the offseason. He went to Von Miller's pass rush summit. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have seen the we've seen the fruits of that firsthand this game. He is he has become a very good defensive tackle. And again, reasons why the Giants need to find upgrades for their interior offensive line.
1: Chris, what happened at the end of the. Was it the end of the first half when when the Giants they had the thirteen play sixty six yard drive? Did you think that it was a little bit of like odd play calling in terms of how they handled the clock?
2: Uh, um. Yes and no. I think the Giants in part of it was they were playing to not make a mistake, which you know I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. That more cautious uh, tact from Brian Dayball being aggressive has helped them earlier in the season, you know, at least aggressive in his mentality, if not the, you know, attacking downfield. But also Mm -hmm. I think the giants were reacting to the defenses that Washington was calling Yeah, I think they were just running a box count offense because at times it looked like Washington only had four or five guys in the box. And if you're just counting defenders and deciding whether to run or throw, then You see four guys in front of you running is a no-brainer, even with the clock situation being what it was, especially given how well the Giants' defense was playing through that point in the game.
1: Yeah, and speaking of just playing well, Daniel Jones finished with solid stats. I would say twenty-five of thirty-one for two hundred yards. So he got that two hundred-yard marker with the touchdown to Isaiah Hodgins on a very nice little pivot route. I felt like for someone who's six foot four, he really sold that inside break and broke pretty quickly towards the pylon. So Isaiah Hodgins continues to to prove his worth here. Five catches, forty-four yards on six targets with that touchdown. But a lot of this passing attack is still it's the same, Chris. It's still those like we said, play action slides. Just get the football out of. Daniel Jones' hands, quick game, quick stick routes, not a lot of airing it out, except for those first two the first and 10 and then the second and 10 and then obviously the 55 yard gain to Darius Slayton. it seems like when the Giants are in those middle of the field closed looks they're gonna oblige and take those one-on-one matchups I'm a little surprised they did it on two consecutive plays though on that first down and second down to set up the third and 10 which eventually led to a punt because if they were able to matriculate the ball down the field in that situation I'm not chastising it but if they were able to in that situation they might have been able to kick a field goal and just win the game at that point
2: Yes, but I do think the Giants were really respecting the kind of pressure that Washington was able to bring. I've I've got next-gen stats open right now, and of the teams that have played so far, Daniel Jones is tied with Trevor Lawrence for the fastest time to throw at 2.41 seconds, which is lightning fast compared to what he has put up over the course of this year. And he also has the second lowest, the second shortest converted air yards out there at 2.7. And that's with that long pass to Darius Slayton bringing up his average. Now, just for the quick math, that's that's about eight feet, one inch downfield in the air. So the Giants definitely planned to hit a lot of very quick passes designed to get the ball to their receivers in space with room to pick up yards after the catch. They really didn't want Jones dropping back, holding the ball, surveying the field all that often. And I, I honestly can't blame them on that.
1: Well, they haven't wanted him to do that the entire season. Well, like, no, no. ball this passing attack by the New York Giants is pretty wild, man. Like so many of it is built off the play action. It's just getting Jones on the run. And that's what I feel like you should do when you have a quarterback like Daniel Jones, because how many times in this game, especially in the first half, did Daniel Jones, not like what he saw. And sometimes it wasn't even on design runs, but he would just take that B gap, take that opening and then sprint for several yards. How many rushing yards did Daniel Jones finish with him? He finished 12-71. Like that has a that's a lot of rushing yards from your quarterback position. Yes, Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 63 yards with that touchdown, but still he had like an average of 3.5 yards. I felt like early in the game, maybe the Giants were going to be able to run the football more effectively than I felt coming into the game, but that just kind of stagnated as the game went on.
2: It it did. And I think that is also part of the reason for The Giants appearing to have a very efficient offense, but not getting much done with it. Yeah, they they went for those early down rushes. You know, I haven't looked to see how many how many runs they started their drives with. They started the game with nothing but runs, and you know it, it didn't really amount to a whole lot. But I think Washington really buckling down and controlling those interior gaps and. Rallying to the football and picking up some pretty big tackles for a loss on Saquon Barkley that that really held the Giants back, uh, put them in really long yardage situations for second and third down.
1: That was a big issue with the rushing attack, specifically in the second half. And to flip it over to the defense for a little bit. How much, Chris, does this defense miss Xavier McKinney and a Dory Jackson and the focus on the latter player when Terry McLaurin was doing Terry McLaurin type things? So like, don't you wish a was out there just gluing on this guy? Not that Terry McLaurin couldn't win that matchup every now and again, but it's just unfortunate seeing Nick McLeod playing well over his head. And He still had some plays where you're like, OK, good job. Number 44. That's excellent. But this. The injuries on this secondary right now and in this defense and really on this team in general, they're a lot to overcome. Like This team needs to get healthy quick. And I still felt like the Giants, despite the fact that they didn't have the secondary pieces, got really good pressure on Taylor Heineke, who was sacked how many times? Five times in this game by the Giants.
2: Yeah, now it it did help that Washington was down to their uh, second string, third string right guard by the end of the game. So they, uh, I think that did help the giants interior offensive line, which also I think helped their edge rushers because it collapsed the pocket and, you know, really didn't give Heineke anywhere to escape to. but also, yeah, I thought the giants did a good job at least early in routes, forcing Heineke to hold the ball. They didn't give away too many quick releases to those Washington receivers. Yeah. You know, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, those guys are all very quick. They're good route runners. They're going to be tough to stifle for any amount of time, but they did give the pass rush enough time to get home and to really pressure and disrupt Heineke. Just, you know, not quite enough to keep Washington from tying up the game.
1: Yeah, I see that uh, a lot of people are roasting Moreau, and Moreau did not have his best game by any no. stretch of the imagination, but he still might be the the best player out there in the secondary at the cornerback position for the Giants, which is saying a lot about the state of the cornerback position. I'll say this about Moreau. He, yes, was wildly inconsistent, as, as some people are saying, and he did not play well. That play on third and 10 against Cam Sims, I think it was, was, was a really nice play. He played through the catch point. It was... At the end of the six play 26 yard drive, right after the drive after Washington tied the game up at 2020. That was a big moment in the game around midfield where Moreau came up with a big play. It's just the Giants offense at that time. I mean, there was there was nothing else to to really do for the Giants. The Giants offense couldn't really convert. And next thing you know, the game is over and the Giants are heading to overtime.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have to say the the officials in this game, I think they were using the college rules. As far as, uh, as, far as uh, pass interference were concerned, they were letting guys play downfield. They were letting both the wide receivers and the defensive backs be very, very physical. Yeah, I think another officiating crew would not have picked up that pass interference flag on Moreau. And another officiating crew might have thrown an offensive pass interference flag on darius slayton on his big pass because he did kind of he did kind of push off on christian holmes there but at least the at least they were consistent downfield and didn't throw a flag for off offensive pass interference later on in the game when the you know the tables were turned and it was a washington receiver kind of holding on and preventing a an interception so yeah the Those those no calls went the Giants way, which I know a lot of fans feel was payback for the week before. I don't like to think that way. I I don't think you should, you know, have another team feel like they're getting screwed over as, you know, justice for your own team getting screwed over. I like it when officials just call the game down the middle and really just stay the hell out of the way.
1: Yeah, that's the best way to officiate. And that's why I did not mind the fact that they didn't throw the flags on those plays. They, they weren't egregious enough to warrant a flag, in my opinion. But Chris, do you have anything else on this uh, tie, which is just weird to say, uh, from the New York Giants and the Commanders? Or are you just ready to get into the tape?
2: Yeah, I'm just ready to get into the tape. And honestly, I'm kind of just ready to put this whole game behind me and get on to <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Philadelphia put on a clinic today against Tennessee. So that's gonna be a uh quite the matchup. And we'll have to wait yeah, and see. The, but the,
2: this secondary the way it is against Devontae Smith and AJ Brown, oof. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oof is a good way to put it, but thank you everyone for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on big blue view radio, Wish the giants got the win did not tied with the Washington commanders. We'll see what they can do next week. And then the week after against those said Washington commanders, but thank you everyone. Take care of each other and have a lovely day. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts.